Owning a small business can be overwhelming. How can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. There's so many places to reach customers. Email, text messages, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, live events. The list goes on. How are you, as the business owner, expected to own all of those channels? That's where Constant Contact comes in to help. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. I use this to grow my email list, and you should too. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. There's news in the NFL today, and it's time to break it down in the only way we know how. Hot Route Style. Earl! Johnny! With our spin on football headlines with a mix of frozen tundras. Let's be a cold weather team. Neck rolls. And grass-stained jerseys. The good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. Hello, welcome to a brand new football show. This is Hot Routes. I am your host, Matthew Collar, also doubling as a Minnesota Vikings beat reporter. But we will not focus just on the Vikings on this show. We will talk about the entire NFL in a unique and sometimes super weird, but always fun way. And joining me on the show for every show is going to be Jonathan Harrison, my former producer at 1500 ESPN, and also Manny Hill, again, another former producer at 1500. Uh, and uh, w- together, when we used to be on the radio, boys, we would do a bit called Hot Routes. And it's five questions regarding the National Football League. And uh, we had done it on the podcast, the Purple Insider podcast. But those questions were mostly about the Vikings. So we wanted to bring this to the entire NFL because we love doing it. So Manny Hill, Jonathan Harrison, fellas, glad to have you. Um, how, how are you feeling about bringing Hot Routes here to a new platform? I'm pumped. I can't wait to get started. Oh, I, I, I've, I'm a little disappointed in myself because I needed to have some gloves on because these routes are so <laughs> hot. These, these routes are going to be so sizzling hot that I forgot to wear gloves, so I might have hot some routes. scarring. Okay. Uh, what I used to on the air yell, I would like yell hot route each time. We won't have to do that for the entirety of the show, but just know that we did. And uh, if you recognize Manny's voice, yes, uh, he is the intro. If there was any question about that, uh, the legendary production abilities of Manny Hill. So let's start right out and jump right into our first question. We've got five of them about week one, the debut of the NFL. And here's where I want to start, guys. The uh, I, I want you guys to look at the slates, look at that schedule week one and tell me about the most memorable past matchups of these teams going against each other, because some of the week one slate is random teams going up against each other. Let's say the Giants and Titans. I don't know if there's a deep history there outside of Kerry Collins played for both of those teams. Uh, but there are some matchups that do have a lot of history. So why don't we start out with you, Manny? When you look at these matchups, you have a brilliant historic NFL mind. Which games came to mind for you of the past from these week one matchups? Okay, so when I saw Packers-Vikings, obviously you think about, I mean, there's 
a numerous numerous games you could think of, right? I mean, there's the playoff game where Randy Moss did the fake moon. Um, you know, Randy Moss's coming out party in in 1998 as a rookie on Monday Night Football. Um, but the one I always think about when I see Packers Vikings now is the first time Brett Favre went back to Lambeau to face the Packers. And there was so much going into that game. You know, the Vikings had already played the Packers earlier in the season on Monday Night Football at home. But the big story was Favre going back to Lambeau and the kind of reception he was going to get. So that one stands out to me uh, in that matchup. Broncos-Seahawks, every time I see the Broncos and Seahawks playing, I always think of Super Bowl forty-eight. The Legion of Boom just dominating one of the greatest offenses of all time. Um, and that game, you just knew right from the very beginning, it was over. It was the Broncos. Yeah. It was not going to go well for the Broncos in that game. Um, and then I'll give you guys one more. The Chiefs and Cardinals. This is a really weird random one. And Collar, you might know where I'm going with this. The Chiefs and Cardinals. The only thing I can think of is a game in 1995. The Chiefs are at the Cardinals playing at Sun Devil Stadium. And Steve Bono <laughs> runs a play fake, a, a, a fake handoff to Marcus Allen and runs a bootleg. And everybody on the Cardinals defense just crashes on Marcus Allen thinking he has the football. And Steve Bono rolls out. And it's 76 yards to pay dirt. <laughs> And there's nobody in the Cardinals defense in front of him. And the only one that's the only person that's in front of Steve Bono is one of his offense. I think it might have been like his tackle or something had, had gotten out into space with him. And the tackles just like waving Steve Bono on to just like go towards the end zone. Fantastic. Um at that point was the longest touchdown run um by a quarterback in NFL history a record that was later broken by Terrell Pryor, I think with the, um, with the Raiders, he had like a 90 yarder or something a few years later, but um, yeah. So those are, those are the three that, that came to mind. The Steve Bono won those epic, man. It's fantastic. Those are terrific selections. Uh, the Super Bowl, I mean, probably one of the least watchable Super Bowls that yeah, have ever awful. happened. Just, uh, just over instantly, which I, Doubt is going to happen between this version of the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos. Uh, but Percy Harvin, that was the year that Percy Harvin was hurt the whole season and then came back for the Super Bowl, basically, and then kick return for touchdown just to demonstrate the legendary nature of Percy Harvin. Um, well, he did. Back- remember, remember, he did come back to play against the Vikings in the regular season. It was like the oh, only regular course. season game he played. Yes. Of course, yes, he, yes. Had to, he had to get up for that game, you know. <laughs> And and that sort of became the M.O. of Percy Harvin as he went along in his career uh, was just not being available all that often. But uh, the Vikings and Packers, I mean, there's all sorts of different selections for that one. Um, You could uh, you could throw in even I mean, this one being at home, you could throw in Favre's first game against the Green Bay Packers being at home. Um, you know, I mean, gosh, there's just uh, a dozen that you could go with that. I mean, even like the 2016 Sam Bradford's first game there, right after Teddy Bridgewater had gotten hurt, U.S. Bank Stadium opens with the Green Bay Packers yep. and the Vikings win that game. 
uh, which I think was pretty shocking considering that Sam Bradford had just been traded there like two weeks before. Um, as far as uh, the Steve Bono run, if you've never seen it, there's a breakdown of this play by John Boyce of SB Nation. And it's just, it's, it's the thing about gay old games is that you can find some on YouTube, but some you can't. And he tried to put together the like, Zapruder film of this play. So uh, ab- absolutely incredible. Great, great historic selections, Manny. Jonathan, what do you got? I did dig back for some of these. I went, uh, you mentioned Giants Titans, and that was one I'm like thinking those two teams rarely ever meet. There's got to be something, some kind of weird history there. Going back to, uh, let me pull up the date here. Going back to 2002, December 1st, Giants are hosting the Titans. Steve McNair had been out the entire week due to bruised ribs, but then he goes on to just have a miracle game for himself. 330 yards on hurt ribs, three touchdowns. But the thing that'll rub collar the wrong way, uh, Frank Wycheck his favorite player from the Tennessee Titans and the music city miracle is involved in a last second, nine yard touchdown to tie the game for the Titans and they end up going on to win it. But the defense, the Titans defense had stuffed the giants on three straight plays at the one yard line to force the tight, to force the giants to take a field goal that only gave them a 29 to 21 lead with two twenty-one left in the game. And that's when Steve McNair and Frank Wycheck drove the Titans down the field. That's one of them. But the one, the number one for me, is Bills Rams at a lead off the season on Thursday night. It goes back to the time uh, 2020 when these two teams played each other. Jared Goff and Josh Allen combined for 600 yards of passing and six touchdowns in front of no one because of the COVID lockdowns and everything. Bills won on a three-yard touchdown pass with 15 seconds left in the game. But the Bills had jumped out to a 28-3 lead off uh, Stephon Diggs' Uh, touchdown catch in the third quarter. The Rams then go on to score 28 unanswered points and give themselves a 32 to 28 lead with 4:30 left in the game. Josh Allen then leads a game-winning drive in which, at two points in the drive, they're pinned back to third and 22 and third and 25. And then on the final, what looked like the final play of the drive, it was a fourth and nine. The the Bills incomplete a pass, but the Rams get called for a pass interference. In the very next play, the Bills go on and score a touchdown. It was. Just an amazing game, an amazing comeback. But third and 22 and third and 25 in the same game-winning drive for Josh Allen, incredible. That is incredible. And I think that was probably the game where everyone went like, oh, this Josh Allen yeah. thing, like this might be for real. And uh, you're harassing me about the Frank Wycheck <laughs> issue. For people who are listening to the first time, I grew up in Buffalo and it was a forward pass. So I think you referred to it as a lateral or a miracle. It wasn't either one. It was just an illegal play. That I think my, um, I think my favorite part of the Music City Miracle and your hatred for it is that it starts off with a fullback receiving the kickoff, and your love of fullbacks has, goes all the way, including hating this play. A fullback that I had on a radio show once, Lorenzo Neal, and uh, he claims that it was a lateral, I guess, but uh, I don't know. So, you know, another game would have been to look back at really horrendous matchups between these two teams. That would have been funny, but or or the most random quarterback matchups like Mark Rippon starting for the St. Louis Rams against the uh, Buffalo Bills (laughs) in 1995, which uh, did happen. I just typed into pro football reference like Bill's Rams is like, oh, that was the first one that came up. Jim Kelly, Mark Rippin, a shootout, 45 to 27. Anyway, so here's uh, here's mine. Those are great selections, Jonathan. I, I, I love that you went super random 
with an old Giants Titans game because that was what I named right off the beginning is like, well, no one's going to come up with anything classic from those teams. But you, I did go Cleveland Carolina back in 2010, one in 10 Panthers versus the four and seven Browns, Jake DeLome quarterbacking for the Browns and uh, Jimmy Clausen quarterbacking for Carolina. Just a truly god awful game. Peyton Hill scores three touchdowns. Jake DeLome, as I mentioned, quarterback for the Browns, truly god awful, but it was taken down to the last seconds. Uh, only a 24 23 win for the Browns in that one. Jimmy Clausen. Yeah. <laughs> Jake, and Jake DeLome revenge game. Boy, yes, the revenge yes. must have been so sweet. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't throw a t- single touchdown. Um, people will discover as we go along, Jonathan, that you will have offbeat selections on a regular basis to yeah. our questions. So I went to the Patriots and Dolphins 1994 to actually kick off the NFL season that year. And it was uh, Dan Marino. Drew Bledsoe, and I have to hit the back button to go back to pro football reference because I stupidly went to the uh, Mark Rippon game against the Bills. So hold on. Okay, so the stat lines. Now, these stat lines would even be pretty nuts in 2020, but this is 1994, Marino Bledsoe, week one. Bledsoe throws for 421 and four touchdowns. Dan Marino goes for 473 and five touchdowns in this game. And the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots 39 to 35. That's not the only memorable game from them. Of course, they have uh, the Wildcat game where uh, all of a sudden the uh, Miami Dolphins, who realized they couldn't really pass the ball, decided that they were just going to snap the ball directly to the running back. And that's how they were going to do it. It was uh, help me out, man. It was Cadillac Williams. And who was the other running back? Ronnie Brown, right? Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so, the, so they win a, a shocking game and then the league all of a sudden starts putting in wildcats and it lasts like three weeks and then defenses figured it out and it was, it was over. And then no one ever wildcatted again in the NFL. That was very memorable. And then when there was a Miami miracle, uh, they uh, put Rob Gronkowski for some unknown reason in on defense, thinking that there was going to be a Hail Mary. And Miami ends up running a bunch of, uh, you know, different stuff, uh, laterals and uh, handoffs and things and ends up beating into the end zone. Rob Gronkowski, I believe this was a 2020 game, right? Ends up beating Rob Gronkowski for a miracle touchdown win. And for some reason, Miami kind of owns New England. No one else in the world owns New England but them. And uh, the other one that really stuck out to me, of course, uh, you mentioned Vikings Packers, lots of games there, but the Bengals and the Steelers uh, for a moment there for a moment, Carson Palmer getting hurt changes really the trajectory of the Cincinnati Bengals who may have been a contender for a very long time. Had Palmer not gotten hurt, probably would have won that game. They were uh, really strong that year. AJ McCarron was on pace to win a playoff game until they fumbled on the final drive. They just needed to run the ball in the playoffs. against Jeremy the Hill. And then one of the most violent football games that I've ever seen in my life in the playoffs between uh, the Steelers and the Bengals, the uh, 2015 playoffs where Antonio Brown got hurt. I think it was Vontez Burfecht took him out. Um, I think that it, Roethlisberger was going in and out of that game because he kept getting hurt. Uh, absolutely wild playoff game that the Steelers ended up winning. And if I remember correctly, there was an incident with a coach coming off the sideline and grabbing a player. 
Joey Porter, right? Joey Porter, right. Yeah, yeah. And was it not called, but it should have been, and it should have changed the game? Was that how it went? I think so, yeah. Joey Porter came out on the field, and I he was he was taunting like Pac-Man Jones or somebody. He was getting into it with somebody as an assist. This is Joey Porter, the coach, not Joey Porter, the outside <laughs> pass rushing linebacker. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was wild, man. That was a wild night. So enjoy uh, all these week ones, and hopefully they make new classics that you remember forever. Uh, let's get to our next question here. We are all aware that overreacting to week one can be silly. Uh, you can remember the time that the Patriots crushed the Bills where Sam Adams took an interception back for a touchdown. I believe it is a, a real central part of Tom Brady's documentary, right? In uh, Man in the Arena, where he talks about Lawyer Malloy leaving and then Sam Adams picking that pass off and how it like motivated the team. And Tom Jackson was on TV saying that the team hated Bill Belichick and all these things. It was absolutely nuts. And then they like won the Super Bowl. So, you know, the, like things happen. Um, and of course the bills celebrated that, like they had won a championship when indeed they had not won a championship. How about last year, Aaron Rodgers, a little bit of a tough start to his season. And then it's like, Oh, well, Rodgers, he's washed. He, he should have done more than gone to Hawaii and tried to learn acoustic guitar and everything. And, uh, then he won the MVP. So week one overreactions are a thing. However, you can't stop me and I'll do it anyway. Because I, I, I did it last year, and I'll do it again. And I did it in 1994, and I'll do it again. Uh, I want you guys to give me the week one game that you will absolutely overreact to, and you will apologize to nobody. Why don't you start with this one, Jonathan? Uh, for me, as people will find out, I have a weird fascination with the Raiders. I was born in Las Vegas, and I love the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, for me, it's the Raiders and Chargers. Either Josh McDaniels wins, and it's an immediate success, and they're going to win the AFC West, going to win the Super Bowl, or they lose against a very stacked Chargers side, and he's just another Belichick clone again. And so that one I will be watching intently because I love everything that's gone on there. It's just, it's just crazy getting Devonte Adams in there with Derek Carr, Devonte Adams wanting away from Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time going to Derek Carr, just uh, another mediocre ish kind of quarterback in the NFL and how that all plays out. But yeah, it's either Josh McDaniel wins immediate success or he loses and Bill check clone. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now, you are aware of how the Josh McDaniels era started in Denver the first time, right? Oh, yes, absolutely. 6-0. and oh. <laughs> And then he was fired the next year. Yes. Well after the, that. Perfect, the perfect guy to overreact to, Jonathan. There's yes. no history to suggest that maybe in Denver they got a little too high on Josh McDaniels. <laughs> In 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 the AFC West once again, so it's it's all right there for the taking for Josh McDaniels to have overreactions planted upon him and the Raiders this year. Okay, what do you got, Manny? I want to go 49ers Bears because I have a weird feeling that Justin Fields 
is going to have a really nice performance, even against a really good 49ers defense. And he's going to play really well. And everybody's going to be like, oh, Justin Fields, he's he's arrived. He's arrived. And I've been on the Justin Fields train really for the last like year and a half because everybody thinks, well, he went to Ohio State. So, of course, he's going to be a bust, which is a ridiculous logic because every school has busts as quarterbacks that have come through there. Um, so of course I think fields is going to have a nice performance on Sunday. And I think I'm personally going to overreact to it and just say, Hey, all you people that are doubting Justin Fields, what do you think of him now? What do you think of him now? So that's going to be mine. There's nothing like a week one dunk on the haters, Manning. I mean, you just, you just have to do it. Like, it doesn't matter. I I am very, um, like, on social media, I am very patient with my dunks. Like, I wait, I wait and wait and wait till it's absolutely over. Then I'm like, told you. Uh, but you know what? That's part of the fun, though, to overreact. And so if Justin Fields has a great game. But that that's dangerous territory, though, because the Bears are really not very good. I know. But, <laughs> if, but of course they could have a, a random great game. I tend to agree with you, though, that I think the Bears actually have it right with Justin Fields. And this is based on some of the preseason stuff, but rolling him out, getting him on the move, getting him some more time to throw, and not just setting him in the shotgun and being like, okay, read everything and figure everything out. You're, you look like Mahomes. You're both kind of like tall and fast and have big arms. Go ahead. Mahomes do your Mahomes. Like that's not fair to Justin Fields to put him in that situation. So having him play a little bit more of a run and play action stuff, I think benefits him and you have to scheme receivers open because they're not going to do it by themselves in Chicago. So I think that Fields has a tough setup, but I'm really interested in that matchup in particular because like anytime you have two really exciting prospect quarterbacks who we don't have answers on games like this, give us all the answers, right? Um, no, they don't, but that, that, but it will be fun to see. I think both of those quarterbacks have really high end potential, but Trey Lance's team is actually good. So I think he does have an edge there for me. It is the Philadelphia Eagles and Detroit lions because uh, they were on hard knocks. They want to restore the roar Everybody online has been talking up the Detroit Lions. Oh, that we love Dan Campbell, and they've got a good offensive line. They've been drafting these high picks. Aiden Hutchinson, number two overall selection. He's going to change that defense. And, and so there's a lot of excitement. But then you go to like the Vegas lines, and they're like, nah, six, six and a half win over <laughs> under. It's like, okay, all right. I think I need to quell this a little bit. But if they win week one, especially with all the buildup in the hard knocks, what Dan Campbell might do after victory is worth watching alone. The other thing, too, is you talk about a team. So with Detroit, the offseason hype is like maybe they won't be terrible. Uh, but with the Philadelphia Eagles, there is legit this team could actually be great. They could win that division. Jalen Hurts could take the next step. A.J. Brown is there now. Uh, their coach you know, had a really good first year to get them into the playoffs. But also, you go back and look, and you know maybe that playoff run was fueled a little bit by schedule and a little bit by circumstance that helped them out. But Jalen Hurts is another guy who has developed as a quarterback, has great running skill, can throw the ball really effectively, but the decision-making is not always there. Kind of like in college where it took him a little too long to figure things out sometimes. So now Jalen Hurts 
has to take that next step with AJ Brown. Also, I mean, you look at their receivers from last year. I mean, here's right. a here's a trivia question for you guys: Who like their second re, uh, leading receiver was? I because I have to look this up. Does anybody know? <laughs> it beats me. Okay. Okay. Was so it? first, okay, well, Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith were one and two. Who was number three? Was it Jalen Rager? <laughs> <laughs> it was not, but he wasn't that far away. Jalen Rager, who they traded for almost nothing, only had 10 catches fewer than their third leading receiver. <laughs> I mean, no one should know this. If you're not in Philadelphia, you shouldn't know this. Something named Quez Watkins. Who in the <laughs> hell is that? Where did he come from? <laughs> who he play for? <laughs> <laughs> I have never heard of this person. <laughs> I don't know who this is. He was a sixth round draft pick in 2020. And that's the best I could do for you. He went to Southern Miss. So uh, there you go. Quez Watkins wow. season. Uh, wow. But now, of course, they have a much better option, A.J. Brown. So I am kind of buying that Jalen Hurts will be better in the Philadelphia Eagles, especially with some questions in Dallas about how good they can be, that the Eagles can be a lot better. Here's the other thing, too. I mean, you have a week two matchup on Monday Night Football between the Vikings and Eagles of two teams that are trying to prove that they're like – ready to play with the big boys. So if Philadelphia loses to Detroit, then it's going to be like uh, panic time already because they have a tough matchup the following week. So I am the most interested and ready to overreact. If Detroit wins, I, I'm restoring the roar. They're, they're going to win 10 games. They're going to compete for the division, in part because all of us here, we all believe in the merits of tanking. If you go to the bottom and you rebuild, it works in all sports, not all the time, but a lot of the time. And Detroit has done a really nice job of it, resetting their cap, setting themselves up for the future, drafting high. So if they win week one, I will tweet tanking works. On to our next question. <laughs> uh, Jason Peters is coming back to the Dallas Cowboys after Tyron Smith got hurt. Jason Peters will easily be a Hall of Famer. He is 40 years old. I want you guys to give me your three favorite old ass legends who played for completely random teams at the end because Jason Peters legendary Eagle playing for the Dallas Cowboys is just flat out weird. So Manny, this, uh, this was specifically for you. I, I mean, with you coming on the show here to debut hot routes, I needed this question and I need to know your answers. Old legends, random teams go. So I'm almost tempted to say Jonathan should go first because I had way too much fun with this question and listed <laughs> off like 12 guys. <laughs> so I think Jonathan, Jonathan should go first here and then I'll just mention ones that he doesn't mention. All right. Uh, my snark answer is Adrian Peterson's last five years. We'll just get that out of the way. <laughs> all, just all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, the other Tennessee Titan is absolutely <laughs> wild. I mean, just like, <laughs> uh, other answers: Dante Culpepper, 2010 Sacramento Mountain Lions. Not really old because he's only 33 at the at that point, but still random ass team. Dante Culpepper, who uh, MVP type season back in the day, and now what seven years after that is playing in the UFL incredible, incredible, unfortunate injury that kind of ruined the rest of his career. 
Um, about the UFL, by the way, like they joke yeah. about the XFL, but the UFL popped up for like two years. Danny Green coached in that league. Jim Fossil coached in that league. And what I remember most about it was that the Vegas team, the original pro sports team in Vegas in the UFL, I believe, paid J.P. Lossman, former <laughs> first round bust. $1 million to play in that wow. league. They were like, we're legit. We got J.P. Lossman, Dante wow. Culpepper. Like, they were trying to recruit, like, old NFL players or NFL busts, and that league went down super fast. So great great pull with Dante Culpepper, Sacramento Mountain Lion, John. I've still got the eBay notification dinging me anytime there's a Dante Culpepper, Sacramento Mountain Lions jersey available because I want one so bad. <laughs> Uh, other guys I had was uh 36-year-old Terrell Owens playing for the Buffalo Bills just completely randomly out of nowhere and they having gave him a the key to the city. Yeah, that t- when he, yeah, when he got there, they gave him the key to the city. <laughs> Hadn't oh, even I'm done sorry. anything for the team, just signed for him. And here's the key to the city, sir. Didn't uh, and then- any jokes at all for the <laughs> none at all. No one made any jokes about that. <laughs> of course at any not. Point. My final one, uh, 2004, 41-year-old Vinny Testaverde being the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, throwing 17 touchdowns to 20 interceptions, leading the league in that department for the fifth time in his storied, legendary 20-year career. I mean, Vinny was going to get... He's going to get every dollar out of it. You're going to get everything out of Vinny. He was not going to hold back. The yeah. like the old the 41 year old game manager does not exist to Vinny Testaverde. <laughs> All right, Manny, let's hear him. Oh gosh, like I said, I have way too much fun with this question. So um, the first one is the NFL's all time leading rusher, Emmett Smith, suiting up for the Arizona Cardinals. I mean. <laughs> You, normally, you would think veteran players who were great players who are getting towards the end of their career, normally they would sign with, you know, a team. You know, if they leave their current team, they sign with a team that's really, like, contending, you know, maybe one last chance for a run in a championship before I go out, you know. And Emmett goes to Arizona. The Cardinals <laughs> are freaking terrible. <laughs> like, Emmett, why? Why would you end your career with the Arizona Cardinals? And I think was it Vince Tobin, I think was their coach, maybe, or or no, it was um uh McGinnis, right? Larry Larry McGinnis, I think was their was their uh coach maybe at that time. But God, they were just just brutal. So Emmett going to Arizona is one. Also, you guys remember when Reggie White retired from the Packers after the ninety-eight season? was retired for a year and then just like randomly came back with the Panthers. Yes. In yes. <laughs> Again, one of the greatest defensive linemen of all time just decides ah, after sitting out for you, ah, I'll come back and play for the Carolina Panthers who aren't even good. <laughs> just, the, the Panthers so were kind of made for that. Like their franchise was kind of like, you want one last shot? Like drop on by. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the last one, I have so many of these, uh, but another one that really sticks out to me, and, and I remember being at the game in the Metrodome when he came back, was Chris Carter playing for the Dolphins yes, in 2002. Yes. He, and again, another case where Chris had retired after the 01 season, rode off into the sunset, and then it was just like, I guess like Dave Wanstead or somebody called him, the coach of the Dolphins called him and was like, ah, we need some receivers. We need a receiver. Chris wants to come inside. And he signs with the Dolphins like 
I don't know, a third of the way into the season. And they just so happened to play uh, the Vikings at the Metrodome in week 16. I was at that game and Chris got booed a little bit too. He actually, there were, they put him up on the big screen and there was um, a couple of people that kind of booed him, I guess. I don't know why, but uh, yeah. So that was, uh, <laughs> that was interesting. A, a revenge game, no doubt. Uh, for Chris Carter coming back with the Dolphins. How about Warren Moon, Kansas City Chief? Yeah. Warren Moon, when he was 44 years old, was the backup quarterback for the Kansas City Chief uh, Chiefs and started one game, and he did not win because he was 44 <laughs> years old. Warren, what are you doing? Uh, Isaac Bruce, San Francisco 49er. Was yeah. one that as I was looking through uh, some of the legends who had landed at, at the end somewhere else, Isaac Bruce, I did, I did not have recollection of that. And he ended up with 61 catches one year as a San Francisco 49er in his old age. Uh, also in the receiver realm, naturally, Randy Moss should have let it go with several <laughs> other teams. He also was a 49er, but he was a Tennessee Titan as yeah. well. And the Randy Moss, Tennessee Titan era did not go that great, but it is, it is one of the fun things about football though, because I mean, fans get super excited about like, Oh, well we got this guy and maybe if he could find shades of like seven years ago, then like we could totally have this work. <laughs> um, a couple other ones for me, uh, Bruce Smith, Washington, now commanders weren't commanders at the time, but uh, Bruce Smith playing for Washington and everyone playing for Washington. Deion Sanders at that point, uh, they had like Big Daddy Wilkinson that they brought in. It was the most classic Washington stuff to bring in all these old dudes and just not win anything. But Bruce was still Deion? good. How about Dion with the Ravens? Remember, Dion was like yes. retired for like two years and then he comes back and plays for the Ravens. <laughs> Okay, do you remember the commercial with the Burger King intercepting the pass and running it for a touchdown? Yes. You guys remember yes. this? Yes. That was actually Deion Sanders that they sold super right. the Burger King. That's right. I remember that now. Yeah. Amazing. Dude, 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 dude. Here's the Burger King running. I'm like, oh, that was Dion. I remember that game. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. Another one, I just, super random. another one I just thought of was Jerry Rice with the Seahawks, too. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, and I think Jerry even like put on, I, it was, was, was that just in preseason or something before he retired? Because no, it, was regular, it was regular season. Okay. That's I swear he put on even one more jersey. Yeah. I think that he even tried to like go to one more team. Maybe it was Denver or something. And then it might've like, been Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Then he had to finally call it quits. It's always my favorite though. When some of these guys were actually good, like, Bruce Smith had 10 sacks and nine sacks at age 37 and 39. And another one where the guy was actually good, LaDainian Tomlinson, New York Jet, yeah. was actually pretty darn effective, but nobody will remember outside of the New York Jets that LaDainian Tomlinson was indeed a New York Jet. So one that just came to mind for me was when you're talking about guys who play in Washington, just the plethora of guys who've spent a time in Washington, Donovan McNabb at 34, but then the year after comes to skip balls into the Metrodome turf for the Vikings <laughs> before I mean, getting benched for, I believe Christian Ponder halfway through the season, if I'm remembering correctly. How about right. Jeff George playing for Washington for like three weeks and then just getting cut? That's it. 
Uh, all right. Next question, fellas. NFL Network's Cynthia Freeland said that Baker Mayfield told her he was going to bleep them up in regards to playing a revenge game against the Cleveland Browns. Baker says that he was misquoted. And to tell you the truth, the story is uh, pretty strange. Uh, it seems like Cynthia Freeland took something that was not on the record and then just said it, which journalistically is really egregious and why uh, NFL players sometimes don't trust media. So that was not really an appropriate thing to do. That's not the question though. The question is uh, that was pretty weak smack talk from Baker Mayfield. Just not that good. Like I'm going to bleep him up. Like, uh, okay. Uh, I want you guys to take one revenge angle and give me some smack talk ideas. This seems uh, mostly up your uh, alley, Jonathan. So smack talk me. <laughs> I got a couple. I'm thinking I'm going to stick with the Chargers and Raiders. We all remember the last game of the last reg or of last year's regular season. There was the implication that if both teams tied, they would both go to the playoffs. Well, the Chargers got cute. The Raiders got annoyed with it. So the Raiders just went on and kicked the field goal to win it to send them to the playoffs. Chargers went home for the season. <clears throat> but uh, my revenge angle is the Chargers just running up the score right away and then just shouting, tie this to the Raiders for the rest of the game. <laughs> that, I mean, that was like the most memorable game of the regular season last year. It was completely ridiculous. And also, um, we'll see if the Chargers do a little better maybe for uh, Justin <laughs> Herbert this year than, than what they did in that game where he was just doing absolutely everything. But I, I like it. I like it. Smack talking about last year's non-tie is, is pretty good. What do you got, Manny? So there's a couple ones I, I went at. I, I, went uh the Packers Vikings kind of came to mind right away um I thought about Zadarius Smith maybe taking a cheap shot at Aaron Rodgers saying like oh the real MVP of the Packers is now playing in Las Vegas or something like that (laughs) um I like it uh but uh the one I I actually end up going with was uh Darius Slay returning to Detroit I think now for the second time since he was traded from the Lions to the Eagles uh but now I don't know if you guys saw Darius Slay is now for the first time in his career he's a team captain now he's one oh. of the captains for the Eagles and he was apparently really emotional about it when they when they named him a team captain uh so all those years in Detroit really good player really good cover corner was never deemed a, a, a team captain, which is kind of weird when you think about it because the Lions were so bad. They didn't really have a lot of great players. You would have thought maybe he would have been one of the team captains. But uh, I thought maybe Darius Slade would walk into Ford Field and say, uh, I'm the captain now. Hey, <laughs> you missed me yet? So that's that that's that those are the two that i went with that's good that's good i think uh after i say mine we're gonna all agree that we're all bad at this also (laughs) (laughs) so mine is russell wilson uh with seattle i guess he wasn't a lock huh (laughs) through lock right like losing a job to geno smith guess he wasn't a lock now that's actually something Russell Wilson might do. Like he is the yeah. corniest guy in the entire league. So he might be like, unlock the unlimited Russell Wilson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, what, what timing though, to have those two teams playing against each other and uh, Russell Wilson on a good team and Seattle, well, we're going to be supporting their tank, I think throughout the year. Yes. Uh, 
Final questions, friends. This has been the reason that I wanted to start a separate show because we've had so much fun here talking NFL. Uh, let's just uh, Super Bowl. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Why don't we talk about who's going to win the Super Bowl? There's no angle here. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? Manny, you start. Gentlemen, I've got the Buffalo Bills winning the Super Bowl. I think. Why are you going to do this, Manny? <laughs> We're gonna do this. Don't get caller hope. Don't give Buffalo hope. <laughs> I mean, well, but why not though? I mean, it's it's time. It's it's been so long since they've been to the Super Bowl. They have a team now that I think is equipped to do that. They have a great quarterback, great weapons on offense, a really good defense, coordinated by Leslie Frazier, by the way. Um, it just feels like you know they they've been close in the past in recent years. I think. Uh, Sean McDermott's a really good head coach. Um, and I think I think this just kind of feels like it's now their time. Remember a couple of years ago when the Chiefs got to the Super Bowl and won it, it just kind of felt like they had been close all those years with Alex Smith, Andy Reid finally getting the Super Bowl. It, it this kind of feels like now it's time, it's the Bills' time to 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 shine, and it's that franchise's time to shine. So I'm going I mean, with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, look, last year. If they beat Kansas City, there's a great chance they win the Super Bowl, right? Like you could have yeah. made an argument that they were a stronger team than the Rams. Uh, the Rams kind of had to luck their way there a little bit, and 13 seconds. Like, just, I mean, this is the, this is the curse that follows that franchise. Uh, they went 21 years, I think, without a playoff appearance at one point. Like they they just have something evil that happened to them <laughs> with that team. And they, and they have not been able to overcome it even over the last two years with having sheer greatness at quarterback. So I uh, will have to believe that one when I see it, but I think a lot, a logical pick. It just, uh, I don't know. Who do you got, Jonathan? I'm not going off the wall this time. I'm kind of going with one of the more predominant favorites, the chiefs. I like what they've done on offense. They've changed up how that offense is going to play. Getting rid of Tyree kills, kind of a big move, a ballsy call. Uh, but I think it's going to pay off for them. That also relies on Juju Smith Schuster, uh, Marquez Valdez scantling and sky Moore performing as wider rec- as a wide receiver core, but the rest of how they've done this offseason has been pretty well. The draft, it kind of just fell right into their laps, getting Trent McDuffie and George Karlaftis. I like what they've done there, and I, I want to see how they handle that AFC West, and if they can come out of that, I think that's a very good primer for getting into the playoffs and having a deep run. I think that this is actually a good pick, uh, that a lot of people see Tyreek Hill leave and go like, oh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, they draft Sky Moore. He instantly steps in in the preseason, looks like he's pretty comfortable. But I think that it, in the same way as Aaron Rodgers or Peyton Manning has made stars out of receivers, I think Patrick Mahomes will do the same. And mm-hmm. they over-relied on Tyreek Hill at times. So now having multiple receivers that they can go to, as opposed to just kind of forcing the ball to one guy and then the tight end, uh, I think that could be a little bit more effective. Also, they've had a whole offseason to adjust how the NFL was playing them. The NFL clearly made an effort to stop them from throwing deep. So mid-season, they adjusted that, but now they've had an entire offseason to do it. And just don't doubt the greatest quarterback on earth is a, is a great, like he is still the number one hands down quarterback in the NFL. So I think that that's a great pick. I decided now that Manny's gone with Buffalo, that I'm just going to go with another cursed franchise. Why not the Los Angeles chargers? My gosh, 
They they have been close many times. We talked about Ladanian Tomlinson, that era with Philip Rivers, where the Antonio Gates era, they were so close. They were so good. Uh, and I believe they once led the NFL in passing or in offense and defense and missed the playoffs. Like they have had a number of completely hilarious and bizarre things happen to them, but they've got the guy in Justin Herbert and they've got a good offensive line. They've added to that team. They spent in the offseason. They brought in Khalil Mack. I, I think that they are the classic team that drafts a quarterback and then builds around that while he's on his rookie contract, and they're going to do it. I, it seems like somebody out of the AFC West, if it's not Buffalo, but um, we shall see as we go along, and we will track our picks throughout the season. I don't think anybody made a long-shot pick here uh, going with – the, the great quarterbacks of the AFC seems pretty safe. Uh, but man, it's uh, if you're a fan of a team in the AFC West, you got to be like, really, really? You couldn't spread these out a little. Uh, you could, you could, you know, you couldn't give, give one of these to new Orleans or something or Atlanta. What, what are we seems doing like, here? It also um, seems like we just have no faith in the uh, home team winning the super bowl route or run continuing. No faith in the Arizona Cardinals boys. No. Well, <laughs> well we just the nfc is just so like mediocre in a yeah. lot of ways that like would it shock you like probably i, I don't think cliff kingsbury really knows what no. he's doing so no uh, neither do i <laughs> <laughs> manny hill jonathan harrison we're gonna do this every week every tuesday is when this show is going to come out if you happen to be in the minnesota area and you're hearing this for the first time uh the purple insider show uh, covering the Vikings comes out every day. And uh, Manny, you will definitely return on a semi-regular basis. I know you have a life and a job and everything else, but when hot routes happens, we put out that Manny bat signal. It's got to happen. So a pleasure to be with you guys again. Jonathan and I will be here for sure every week. So great to see you and talk to you again, Manny. And uh, we'll catch you guys later.